mean, um, so you, I think it's really important to, like for for all like for using any tool that you're gonna any any effect or plugin that you're gonna stick on your uh, channel or your bus. You need to know not only how to use it, but but why you're using it. What's up producers, my name's Sam Matler and this is the EDM Podcast, a show where I interview successful electronic music producers, engineers and key people in the industry to help you make better music. This is episode 21 with Noah Neiman. Noah is a well-known producer who's released tracks on standout labels like Enhanced and Armada. He's also collaborated with some incredible vocalists and shares some great advice producers of all levels in this episode. Before I started this interview, I mistakenly assumed that Noah was doing this full time. Uh, why? Because he releases music at an insane rate and also plays shows, but it turns out uh, he's also a doctor. So if you struggle to find time to produce, maybe because you have a full time job, uh, then you'll get a lot of value out of this episode. We talk about how he sets up routines to produce faster and more efficiently how he approaches uh, each new track, why producers shouldn't invest in hardware, and why keeping your day job can actually be a good idea. Uh, So it might be a bit controversial, but look, controversy is always good. It's an amazing episode and the last 20 minutes or so are intense, so make sure to listen the whole way through. Without further ado, here is Noah Neiman. This episode is brought to you by EDM Foundations. EDM Foundations is my course for new producers, those who've been producing for under 12 months or even those who've just started. The whole idea of the EDM Foundations course is that you learn the fundamentals of music production by actually doing and not just learning the theoretical stuff. The course consists of over 12 hours worth of streamable video where I walk you through the creation of three songs and give you advice and tips for working on your own original alongside them. We've had over 500 people sign up for this course. Many of them have had great results. If you want to learn more about the course, head over to edmfoundations.com. Welcome back everyone to the EDM podcast. I'm Sam Matler and today I'm with Noah Neiman. Noah, how's it going? It's going good, man. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. No problem at all. Uh, you know, I want to I want to take it back to the start. How did you get into music initially, and what's the journey been like so far? So, man, music has been a part of my life. I I can't remember a time in my life when music was not, and I I mean that seriously. Like I, my dad put me into piano lessons when I was four years old. And, uh, I remember not liking it at all. <laughs> um, it, you know, cause, cause it, you know, when you start off with, you know, any sort of instrument really, you, you're learning the basics and especially at that age, uh, it's not the kind of thing where you're wanting to sit down and learn like, you know, all the rules and like what you're supposed to do and what you're not supposed to do. And you just want to like 
Like, if you're going to play the piano, you're just going to bang on the keys, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but he put me in uh, piano lessons at a real young age. And um, I guess it sort of just kind of captured my attention because he was such a, a huge uh, piano fiend. Like, uh, my father was born in Iran and um, he went to medical school there. And when he was in medical school and he had a, a summer vacation and he built like literally rebuilt a piano that was almost cut in half. Wow. It was sitting in his uh, dad or his uh, grandfather's attic. Well, huh. they got it up in the attic, but, <laughs> but, uh, but it was, yeah, it was like, there was like water that had like leaked from the roof onto it. And so it like had rotted and stuff. And so he like restrung it and then taught himself how to play. Wow. And so now he, I mean, you know, he, he's a phenomenal, he could like, he, he obviously he's a physician now, um, but he could go on like tour as a pianist and, and like as a concert pianist and mm. be like rocking it. Wow. Um, so, so it's always been like a very musical house uh, when I was growing up. Uh, my sister was into music too. She's uh, a year and a half younger than me. Um, but she was, she got into piano um, at the same time that I did. So, so even younger, you know, <laughs> almost about three uh so there's always music playing in my house um i got into violin and trombone as well uh, during medical school no, middle school uh and i guess you know it, it just getting into it at such a young age um it really just kind of got part of my like i guess my creative side of my mind working mm-hmm. and uh, it sort of injected music into me you know really early. So I, I don't really know what life is like without music in it, you know? Yeah. Um, and then I guess, uh, as far as getting into electronic music, um, <laughs> I tell this story and people laugh, uh, cause it's, it's funny, but, um, I was, I was literally at a bar mitzvah <laughs> and, and I heard, uh, two unlimited, um, what was this in twilight zone that yeah and oh man like you know because i i had heard some songs like i heard like you know i grew up listening to like cindy lopper and like flock of seagulls and that kind of stuff so they had some cool you know synthy sounds in there but i don't know i guess like that sort of like like repetitious uh melody and the sounds that they were using i was just like oh my god i've never heard anything like this like what what even makes that sound you know and so I got really in, in, uh, interested in, I, I must've been like 10 or something wow, like that. Teen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was really early. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I, you know, I was born in 1981, so it was like a long time ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, you know, I was, I was listening to that kind of stuff and it just, I don't know, it snowballed. Um, and then finally, when I got into college, uh, I actually, well, no, I guess I could take it back a little earlier. Um, I don't know if you, if you even played this game, um, but it was for Super Nintendo and it was called uh, Mario Paint. No, no. Okay, so um, you, it's, it's this game, like it came with a, a mouse for the uh, Super Nintendo and you could, like, it was basically like the, like an early version of a DAW. Hmm. Um, so you could, you, they called it Mario Paints because the main feature of it was to, like, you could draw pictures and stuff with the mouse, hmm. but they gave you this like little, um, rudimentary MIDI composer thing and you could use sounds like, like the Yoshi sound or like the, like the sound that you like when you like Mario grabs like a mushroom or something. <laughs> 
and and you could chop those sounds up and create beats and like a melody and stuff. And so I tried to replicate the two unlimited Twilight Zone song in Mario Paint with Yoshi sounds in Mario, <laughs> Mario sounds. Um, but you know, it it uh, I guess that that really kind of was like, oh my god, you can actually make music like this. This is really cool. So that you know, and then um, I just started kind of buying up. Uh, you know, random, like really early DAWs. Like there was one called uh, Sony Acid Music 2.0. Um, yeah, yeah. Have you heard of that? Okay. I have heard of it, yeah. Okay, so uh, so I don't even know what like Acid Music 1.0 was. That must have been really <laughs> crappy because 2.0 was, was I mean, for, I guess for the time it was great, but you, you really couldn't do much with it. Hmm. Um, but, you know, it, it, it just it kept on going and, and I kept on getting new new kinds of software and, Eventually, um, I ended up where I'm at with uh, Ableton Live. Ableton. So, was was there a moment? I'm curious. Was there a moment where, uh, you know, you'd been making music, you'd grown up in a musical household. Was there a moment where you thought, "I want to do this full time," or "I'm going to do this full time"? Well, to be honest, uh, I am not doing it full time. You right aren't. Now. No. So, so it may seem like that because I, I, and I don't mean to like kind of, I don't mean to like toot my own horn here, I guess you should say, but, sure. uh, you know, I, I guess I, I put in as much work, at least in terms of production, I put in as much work as, as someone might think a full-time producer puts in because I, I do come out with, um, you know, uh, a, a good amount of material, um, mm-hmm. every year. Um, but I think it's because I just have a lot of routines set in place. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so, so writing music is very streamlined for me. And I think you have to set it up that way that, you know, so to be successful. Mm. But no, I'm actually a doctor uh, as well. Oh, so yeah, wow. I, I just got from my <laughs> I, I never knew. I just assumed because you're, so, you're obviously super productive uh, because I just assumed you were doing it full time because you come out with so many, so much music and you're, to- uh, you know, you're playing gigs. That's yeah. insane. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, so it's, it's funny. Yeah. People, people assume that. I mean, I tell them that I tell them that I'm a doctor and it like, yeah, it blows their mind because, uh, you know, both of like being a, a doctor and, 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 uh, and being a musician are, are, they are full-time jobs mm, and they, mm. they take up more than half of the day. Um, but like I said, you know, uh, if you set up routines for yourself, set up kind of techniques that help you, um, save time in the studio or save time, you know, in, 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 in any, 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 any part of your day, really in any mm. part of your life, um, you can be extremely, <laughs> extremely productive, uh, with a very limited amount of time. Um, so yes, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm a, I'm an eye doctor. I'm an optometrist. Um, I spend, I, 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 I treat patients from, uh, 7:45 to about three 30 in the day. Mm-hmm. And then uh, sometimes there are like lulls in in the day where uh, I guess either patients you know no show on me or uh, or um, it's a really simple case and it doesn't take very long for me to treat the patient and then I've got you know twenty thirty minutes between the you know that patient and the next patient that's going to start to show uh, going to show up so I'll actually sit uh, in my office and um, I'll have my headphones in and I'll actually be writing writing tunes wow. like, during the day. Um, but you know, again, having, having these, uh, uh, you know, routines and we can get into them. I really want to dive into those because it's something I'm super curious about. Like I love, 
uh studying creativity you know studying productivity like i love that stuff so yeah what 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 do you mean by routines like what do you personally set up so okay so you basically and i feel like you almost have to do this as as everybody if you're not doing this like do it Hmm. um but okay so say you've created you've written an awesome song you know um and uh, and it's all done the mastering's there the the mix is done you're you've released that track and it's great um, once you get to that point um, uh, in your in your ability to write like produce a track, you don't have to start from scratch with the next song. Mm-hmm. You know, just open that project back up and look at what you like. Like look at okay, like like I like the way that kick sounds with that bass, or I like um, you know what those synths are doing here, or that fill that I did, or, or whatever. And just use that as sort of like a, a jumping point for your next track. Hmm. Um, so you can, th- you know, like you, obviously uh, you're going to want to change stuff up because you're not going to want everything to sound the same. Mm-hmm. But like, let's see. Um, I used, uh, the, I think I used the same project file for the next three tracks that are coming out. Like I, I've got tracks waiting in the wings right now. Hmm. Um, but the next three tracks that I've written, we're all using the same project file and they don't sound anything like each other, mm-hmm. but like they were, they were all like, they all stemmed from the same, you know, file. And, uh, and, and you can do that. You can just, you, you, you set up the track and it's got the same, I mean, all my songs pretty much have the same structure. Yeah. Um, so yeah. there's a, you know, there's an intro and then there's the break, which is essentially the verse. Um, and then there's a buildup and then the chorus, which is a drop. And then it repeats, and there's an outro. And pretty much every every uh, every track, every song that's coming out nowadays is doing the same thing. Huh. Um, unless you're unless you're writing trance, and trance is usually intro, bass drop, break, melodic mm. drop, and then outro. Um, which you know you, you can have obviously you can have more than one uh, you know jumping. Well, I guess you can call them templates. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and so, you know, you, you can, you can, you can set these up and it just, I swear it, it makes things so much faster for me because mm-hmm. I can just get into that one project or that other project. Like, you know, I, I have like one that's like a, a melodic project mm-hmm. and that one that's like a, like a, like a bassy drop project. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, you just, you just like duplicate that file so you don't screw anything up in the original one and save over it by accident. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then open the duplicate and then you just start, you just go from there, you know, uh, um, get like what I'll do is, uh, I'll open the, the duplicate and then I'll rename it something, you know, that I'm thinking of at the moment. Uh, and then I'll just start writing chords. Um, and that's a completely separate thing. So you, you know, like you can add in like a, like a, whatever piano, um, VST that you, you have like Nexus or uh, contact or something like that. And uh, you just start some playing some chords, um, come up with a cool chord structure, and then you write the melody to that, and uh, and then you just start start from there. And, and I swear it, it has like I used to start like from scratch, like a blank, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Ableton file, completely blank. I would put the first the like the kick would be the first thing to go to go in there. But now, I mean, I can have a full like full song done in like a week or two. Wow. Um, and it's, and it's, you know, it, like you don't really want to change a whole lot of the, uh, 
the um, levels or anything like that? Because, you know, from the original file that you created and it's, it sounds good, like it already sounds good, you know? Mm, mm. Um, and it's so much easier. So, so all you have to do is worry about the songwriting versus mm. all that technical crap because it's already taken care of for you because you did it earlier, you know? Yeah, I, I like that. It's, um, I might have to do that myself because I, I'm still at yeah, the moment starting from scratch. Yeah, you do it, man. Do it. Um, I, I, I will guarantee you, I guarantee freaking to you that every, every like big name does this. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that, that's how they work. That's how they work. Now, like I said, you know, you're going to be putting in new synths and new patches and stuff like that. So there is going to have to be some technical work. Hmm. I'm not saying that I, I don't do any of that because I, I do it all the time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, in fact, um, I, uh, I'm working on this track right now, um, for, uh, enhanced music and I send it to them and they're like, Oh, it sounds great, Noah. Uh, but the, the mix is a little weird. And I'm like, yeah, I think the mix is kind of weird. And it's because I, I started throwing in a lot of different things into the the project file. And, and it is sort of um, screwed up the, uh, like the, the levels are off now and some of the EQs off there. So I have to like go in there and kind of fix it. Um, but more or less, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's almost, it's probably like 80% done. Mm-hmm. And I started working on this on uh, Sunday. So, wow. <laughs> Yeah. So, so that's how, that's how you just like, it's all about time management, really. Um, I think that's really important because I've got, uh, I mean, I, I don't want to say that I have more going on in my life than, than the average person. Well, you, but, you are a doctor. Uh, I mean, well, it's a pretty stressful <laughs> job, surely. Sure. Well, I mean, you know, you just like, we all have, uh, important things happening mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I'm, you know, say, so, yeah, so I've got, I've got, I've actually got a, like a, like a full-time job, um, during the day, uh, married, uh, and then, you know, I want to have free time where I'm not actually working on like something. I just want to goof off and watch Netflix or play destiny or something. Yeah. 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 So, um, so there's gotta be time for that too. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's really important to set yourself up some routines that kind of streamline everything for you. That way, it's all just you know smooth sailing. It's not you know you're not coming up to these roadblocks that you're like, oh man, I wish I could get this bass sounding like this, or I wish I could you know why is this uh, you know uh, why, why does this sound so over compressed? Mm-hmm. Things like that, you know, because um, I used to run into those problems. As I said, you know, when I when I first started out, um, like taking music seriously, I had no idea what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and now I think I've, I've just kind of built up these um, these ways of doing things that make it so much easier. That work together. Yeah. I mean, I used to be like of this mindset that you can't use the same sample in two songs. I don't know where that came from, but a lot of producers subscribe to it. Yeah. Which yeah, is crazy. No, man. Yeah, I, 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 there's like a lot of rules that people have put in, put put like on themselves or on like music production in general. That I'm just like, why? why? You know, yeah. if it sounds good, it sounds good. Like, like, like. Um, okay, so and, and some people can pull it off, and they're really good at it. Like, um, I'm sure you know who Sean Tyus is. Yes. Okay, so he, he's a pretty good friend of mine, and we text each other random tracks every now and then, and. Like his music is, is not the kind of music that I would make. And my music is most certainly not the kind of music mm-hmm. he would make. Um, and it, it's funny because we actually did a collab together uh, about a year and a half ago. Oh, wow. But um, we both have like 
I mean, uh, he definitely does. Um, like, uh, like we've got uh, sort of like an ear for like what, you know, what might be missing or what sounds good or, or whatever. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll send him stuff, but he's the kind of person that like, if he can't create the sound himself, he doesn't want to use it just because it, it feels like wrong to him. And I guess that's what you're, what you're talking about here, but he's the kind of person that can actually figure it out and do it really easily. Like, cause he's just an amazing sound designer. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, it, it, it's actually a lot, it's really difficult. Like if I'm like, if I hear, you know, something like in a song and I'm like, Oh man, that sounds cool. I want to, I want to figure out how to do that. Um, I'm not going to, get into silent or massive and try and figure it out because unless it's relatively simple. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I you know, I'm, I'm a relatively good sound designer, but if it's something super complex, man, I'm just gonna, I'm going to sample that shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, or, 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 you know, or find something similar like that, you know, similar uh, sounding and, and kind of, kind of get it that way because, you know, I think one of the guys from the chain smokers said it really well when he was talking about using Nexus He's like, oh man, people will get real pissed off when, uh, you know, producers use Nexus. It's like, you know, it's all just presets, you know, yeah. whatever. And he was like, you know, do, do you want to make sounds or do you want to make songs? Yeah, exactly. You know? uh, and so, so it's like, you know, if, if something sounds good to you and you can't, like, you're, you're like, oh man, I really don't want to be using this sound again. You know, just, I mean, like add some effects to it or something or, or EQ it a little bit differently. And nobody's going to be able to tell, you know, that you're using the exact same patch or the exact same sample. You know what I mean? And even, and even if they can tell, they don't care. Like I yeah. saw, I saw a good quote the other day. I, I can't remember who it's by and I definitely can't quote it verbatim. But, uh, you know, this guy was saying when people listen to music, they're not listening to your snare drum. They're listening to like the melody, the, the chord progression, the vocal. Yes. That's yeah. what sticks out in the song. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, you can use any synth you want. You can use the same lead. For, okay, so I'm not going to name names, <laughs> but uh, there's a guy that I know of that just came out with a song, and it sounds exactly like I I could hear it, like same synth, even the same like melody pattern kind of, mm. um, exactly the same. And there was actually a couple people that did call him out on that, like on SoundCloud. But who cares? I mean, like it's it's actually on Sirius XM right now huh. uh, here in the states, playing you know as the BPM breaker. Wow. Um, you know, and it's a great track. Like it's a different vocal, so that's 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 great. You know, mm-hmm. obviously you want to use a different vocal, but um, the the synths are, are relatively the same. The pattern is is very similar to to a song that he like this not like a song that he came out with a few tracks ago like it is his last track uh. <laughs> so back to back they sound very very similar but you know still it's it's he's doing great you know yeah yeah um so obviously nobody cares or you know yeah. if people do they're the kinds of people that don't really matter <laughs> exactly exactly yeah. so i i want to move on in a moment but I'm so interested in routines. Do you have anything sure. else that you do apart from, you know, uh, starting with these template projects? Uh, man, um, I guess uh, I'm, I'm really intimately familiar with the way my room sounds and the way my headphones sound. Mm. Um, so uh, don't, 
use your studio speakers to only write music. Use them to listen to music too. Mm. Uh, and by that, I mean, um, like spend, you know, like maybe five or 10 minutes before you start getting into the studio, like, like get, getting into your, uh, your um, project files and just open up some of your favorite tunes or, you know, something that you might want to be working towards, like a song that you kind of want to write something similar to, um, you know, say, you know, whatever, whatever song, uh, and just listen to that and kind of warm your ears up to the way it sounds. Mm. Cause if you start, you know, from the, from scratch and you're, uh, and you're kind of just, you know, you get in there and all of a sudden you, you're just, you're writing you know, and you don't really know where the sound should, should be. Mm. You know what I mean? But if you, if you've already kind of like tuned your ears to the way that things should be sounding before you start getting in there, you're going to know immediately, oh, that sounds off or it needs to be louder. That needs to be softer, that kind of thing. Cause you'll, you'll have like a, a reference in your mind as to how, how things should, should sound, you know? Mm, mm. Um, so that's really helpful. I, I, I don't do that all the time, but I should, should take my own advice and, and do it all the time, but I definitely recommend doing it all the time. Um, and I guess the, the reason why I don't do it is just cause you know, uh, I'm kind of used to how it sounds now, so I'm not yeah. really, um, too far off, but yeah, if, if I've been like listening to loud music, like on my way home in my car mm. or, uh, or something like that, it's been really throwing me off. Yeah. I gotta, you know, I gotta kind of retune myself to the room. Right. For sure. Now you just put out a, a track on Armada with Anna McInnes called the mutants. Tell us a bit yeah. about that. Yeah, well, so so the mutants are uh, are a collab group. Yeah, uh, so it's me and the mutants uh, featuring uh, Adam. Oh, Borrow, uh, yes. Yeah, oh, my it's, bad. It's, it's all good. <laughs> um, yeah, so that one was kind of weird. It's it's not really. I don't even know if you classify it as EDM because mm. um, it's like it's super country. <laughs> mm, mm. Um, you know, we're all from Austin, Texas. And so it, it kind of like, I guess like they came up with the idea for the track first, the mutants did. And, uh, Adam and I are, are pretty close. And so he was like, Oh, you know, let's talk to Noah. And, um, they kind of brought me in. And then I did like a lot of, uh, I, like sort of the structure of the track. Like they had like, I don't know if you kind of noticed it, but, um, like the, the clap, is not like on the kick it's like where the hi-hat would be mm-hmm. so it's like boom 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 like that and uh and originally they had it like just the clap was like on top of the kick and i was like man um i know i wonder what it would sound like if we moved the the clap back an eighth note and it was where the uh the hi-hat was and then, and then it kind of just like took, had this like you know sort of like a, a that, Melbourne folk, that folk vibe as well well, sure. yes. Yeah, yeah. So, so it, it felt, you know, like Melbourne bounce has like the, the bass, yeah, like the yeah, yeah. bass. Well, this is kind of sort of like country bounce. <laughs> <laughs> um, because it's, I mean, you know, Adam has a very soulful folksy sort of voice mm. and, um, so it really came together really well. Uh, but I don't know. Yeah. It's, I was kind of worried putting it out because it's not really my, like, it's not really electronica. And I, I know mm. that I'm, that's kind of like what I'm known for, obviously. Um, I, I exclusively write electronica, but I guess people are really digging it so far. Um, 
haven't had too many <laughs> uh, negative <laughs> comments. Yeah. Um, it's just kind of an interesting one, uh, I guess. I'm not, I'm not really, I'm not really sure what to say about it. How long did it take? Because it's, you know, you're working with quite a few people. Yeah. So it's, um, it's, uh, the mutants are two people. Adam, I guess is, is technically part of the mutants. Um, mm. so it's, it's four people. Yeah. I guess working on that track. Um, they gave me basically the, the guitar part, um, in the, in the drop and, and the vocals and some of the, uh, some of the drums. And then I sort of put together, uh, the rest of the track, um, a lot of the bass and then just kind of made it bigger and fuller, kind of added some synth sounds. Um, to really finalize the track, it probably took me about two weeks or so, maybe, wow. maybe a week. Um, and, and that went, that one went super fast because they, they sent me all the stems and, and they all sounded great already. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I didn't have to do a whole lot, but, um, yeah, it was, it, it was, a, it came together really fast. Um, we shot a video for it too. Um, which is coming out tomorrow. Um, awesome. So, I'll, I'll yeah. link that in the show notes. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be really cool. It's got some shots from our hometown of Austin. Um, it's it's an interesting story. I don't want to spoil it. So uh, Sweet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, now, I want to switch gears almost completely, but okay. in your song, Down, uh, uh-huh. you, you have this like- kind of soft mellow intro that builds into like a you know a festival like drop and there's a huge amount of contrast i i get a lot of questions from people and they say like how do i you know i've come up with my idea i've come up with my chord progression or my breakdown sorted but i just can't come up with the drop or it doesn't match my drop uh yeah. what advice would you give to to producers who struggle with that hmm well it, it, it might be a psychological thing, honestly, okay. um, because I would say just connect the two with a build mm-hmm. um, and, and see what happens. Because the track that I was just talking about where um, that I'm working on right now uh, sort of does the same thing. Like it has a very, very um, soft uh, sort of uh, break. And then the drop is crazy. <laughs> Uh, it's very loud, very melodic, very, you know, um, big room. And, uh, and, you know, I was thinking to myself the same thing. I was like, you know what? I, I don't know. Like it, it goes like, it goes from like, you know, like from like a three to an 11, like immediately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, you know, I was kind of worried that they wouldn't really like it. And I was like, you know, well, let's just see what they say. So I gave it to enhance and, and they didn't say anything about that. Huh. They didn't say anything. And I was like, wow, you know, they, like, that was the one thing that I was worried about. And they <laughs> didn't even mention it. So, you know, it might really just be the fact that you don't think it because you are the producer. Mm. So, um, and that, that actually um, is a problem, is more of a problem than people think. Um, people think, uh, you know, I've written this, this song, but I don't know. It's, it's just not, it's not cool enough. Well, show it to other people and maybe it is, you know, maybe, maybe it's awesome. And you just heard it so many times because you're yeah, writing, yeah. you know, by the time that you're finished writing a song, the final time I'm, I'm finished writing a song, I have probably heard the song at least 800 times. Yeah. You know, yeah. I've heard that melody, you know, that those first two notes, good God, you know, <laughs> so, so of course you're tired of it. And of course your ears are kind of like, you know, every time you hear it, it's like, Oh my God, this thing again. So, um, I think, 
just just go for it and just like okay so i guess i mean you can't i mean obviously you can't just like connect the two like randomly mm-hmm. um i mean one i guess maybe some advice would be um you know as the uh as the quiet part of the song is kind of progressing into your build-up um have like a riser in there or some like white noise like a like a like a like opening up with a filter um, just kind of like leading you into um, like a higher energy part of the song, um, and, and that's that's really that's really all it needs. I mean, it's, it's as simple as that. Just just you know, uh, add a few little effects here and there that kind of like kind of tell the listener that things are progressing in the song. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it might you know it it might feel at first like it's ruining the like romantic sort of um, feel of the quiet part of the track mm. but it, it, it's sort of a ne- it's sort of necessary i guess it's kind of a necessary evil but after you do it and you listen to it a few times it, it might sound really good and, and that's actually what i did um and they didn't even ask for it but i, I did it anyways and they didn't they didn't say anything after that but yeah, um, yeah. I, th- I think it sounds better now so yeah, yeah just uh, yeah just just uh, risers and white noise and those kinds of effects really do add a lot to uh to kind of like lead the listener um, uh, into into a higher part of the, uh, I mean that's what builds do, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so you kind of want to build up into the build, and and that's what a riser can do for you. I think one thing I'd mention on top of that is, uh, and this is something I used to struggle with, is I was way too timid with transitions. Like mm-hmm. there there are songs that go from a, a quiet, mellow, you know, very romantic part, and then all of a sudden there's this huge impact hit. And it completely yeah. switches 180. You can do that. It works. Um, yeah. The other thing is that I that I thought about when you mentioned, you know, you listen to your track 800 times, yeah. you start to pick holes in it. Uh, the the approach I take, and I wonder if you do the same, is I I try to work incredibly fast in the beginning so that I can get the arrangement laid out. Uh, because otherwise, you know, you're listening to an eight bar loop uh, on repeat. And yeah, you can just oh, tweak okay. endlessly, right? Exactly. Yeah, I, 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 I definitely think that um, you need to work as fast as possible. And, and like I said, you know, because I have these sort of uh, these routines in place, um, that's already kind of like the, the the arrangement of the track is is pretty much done for me. Or if I want to change it, it's, it's very easy to just kind of select the whole select the whole section that I want to cut or paste or whatever, and just kind of change it out that way. Um, but yeah, it, it, I think it is pretty important to work fast because if you don't get like a good idea on like into your, like basically you don't get a good idea on paper, um, within like maybe 20 minutes, you're, you kind of start spinning your wheels. Mm-hmm. Um, but on, on the same, uh, on the other side of that coin, um, you, you, it might take you that long to come up with something good. You know, um, a lot of people are like, oh man, how do you write your melodies? Uh, or how do you, how do you do this or how do you do that? But, but melodies is, is the one thing that keeps coming up and I'm like, man, just, just play some chords and then just, just start thinking of stuff that goes along with those chords. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, I mean, you could, you could do it like right now. I mean, you just put some chords together and like, just like sing it to yourself. Like, um, Ba, 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 you know it's, it's mm, just mm. stuff like that and, and sing it out loud um i think that really helps uh and i think you know a lot of people might 
feel like, oh man, I, I don't want to look like a dork, you know, saying <laughs> myself or whatever. Yeah, and you're sitting there by yourself. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you're not too cool for yourself. Uh, so just sing it out loud. And and if you sing it out loud, um, it really helps because you don't lose it. Like, you know, not only are you mm-hmm. thinking of it and you're singing it, but you're hearing it too. So, you know, a lot of people like, um, will, will come up with something and then they'll be like, oh my God, I, I forgot what I came up with. And, and this, that kind of helps, you know, hearing it and seeing it and thinking it, um, really helps out. So yeah, I mean, I, it, it's important to work fast, but, but sometimes I guess you, it, you do have to kind of slow it down, um, just to kind of wade through the garbage that you might actually be coming up with because you might actually find a jewel. Mm-hmm. Um, spend a little bit more time doing it. But, um, for me, yeah, I, I get kind of annoyed if I'm, if I'm working on something and it just isn't working, you know, mm-hmm. uh, if you've got one idea and, and you're, and you're working on it and you're working on it and you're working on it and it sounds like it's forced, you know, obviously maybe it wasn't as good idea as you thought it was. On so, that note, on that note, do you encounter like creative block, writer's block? Oh, of course. Yeah. 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 Hmm. No, I, you know, I think as a, as a creative, uh, professional, anybody, um, is going to come across writer's block. Um, you, it's, it's like, it's just like coming across a problem, any problem in your life. You, you just got to work it out. You know, um, people will look for ways to come up, come up with ways to kind of avoid it or like work around it or something like that. But if you can't come up with anything good, at the moment, I mean, maybe take a break, take like an hour break or, or if you're, you know, you know, really, you know, like you don't have much time, like take a 10 minute break or something, but just take it easy for a little while and come back to it and start working again. Cause I mean, a lot of production is really, uh, it's really a job, you know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's work. Um, it's not all, <laughs> it's not all fun and games. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. You know, so, so you got to put in the time, uh, and, and, and putting in that time means you are going to be running into problems that, that, you know, people in other professions are going to have, uh, and you just got to figure out, you know, what, what you're doing wrong and then quit doing that and figure something else out, you know? Um, so like, like with another, again, you know, just going back to the song that I'm writing, um, I didn't really know what I was going to do with, the melody. Um, I started writing to it, to, to a, to a vocal actually that, uh, Will Holland from, uh, Enhanced sent me. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he sent me, he sent, he sends me some vocals every now and then. And he's like, Hey, do you like any of these? And so I'll pick one or two of them and, and, uh, and start writing to those. And then, you know, if we come up with something cool, then, then great. And so this one sounds pretty good. Um, but I didn't really know where I was going to go. And I just, you know, I started humming to myself or, or, you know, saying to myself and I was like, okay, that, that sounds kind of cool. And I put down some stuff and then, you know, one thing leads to another and, and, you know, you change a few things or add a few things and all of a sudden it starts sounding cooler and cooler. Um, so it's really just, it's, you gotta get like, get into the trenches and just, just do stuff, man. Just, just mm. start, start working, start playing. You know, if you play the piano, start playing, you know, random stuff, chords, you know, singing to yourself. Uh, I think that's how the best stuff comes up. You know, there's no real science to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, just experimentation. Yeah, for sure. I've noticed a trend actually with uh, producers who play piano. Uh-huh. Maybe it's just me overthinking it but it always seems like their music is a lot more 
memorable and well written. Uh, so, I, I, would you recommend that producers who don't play an instrument pick up something like piano? Um, you know, I I I think that it. it I mean, it just depends on uh, on what you have going on in your life, mm. because learning how to play an instrument is a really, really big uh, time commitment. Mm. Um, especially if, if you want to do it right. right like if yeah. you want to, like, you can go on YouTube and they'll teach you how to play, you know, some scales and stuff, and you can learn theory. and And they're all like, you know, five minute videos or ten minute videos, and you can do one of those every, you know, every day or something. And and in a month, you know, you've learned a lot. But if you, if you want to learn, you know, what it's really like, you know, like finger placement and, um, those kinds of things, you know, like the, the real technical stuff, um, I would recommend going to an actual piano teacher or an actual guitar teacher or whatever you want to play and just, uh, you know, learn from them because there's like, I tried picking up the guitar and, and playing, you know, uh, just learning how to do it on, on, on YouTube. And I just had so many questions. I had mm, so many questions mm. that I, I couldn't ask the YouTube teacher, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so I ended up, you know, going and taking classes and it was so much better because it, you know, it's tailored to you, you, you know, mm. they'll, they'll say, okay, you know, what kind of music do you want to play? What, what, you know, do you, you want to play other people's songs? Do you, what, you know, what do you want to do? And, uh, and so it was a lot easier to do it that way. Um, I didn't end up uh, like like really taking it on, so I, I kind of got a very very rudimentary uh, knowledge of how to play the guitar. But um, you know, violin, trombone, and piano are more of my thing, and mm. piano definitely. Um, violin and trombone I haven't played since ugh, high school. So <laughs> it's been a little while, but you know, I guess the mean the, the the lessons stick with you. Yeah, yeah. But I think uh, to, I mean to really answer your question, I, I don't think it's absolutely necessary to. Uh, learn an instrument as a producer. It's certainly helpful. Mm. I'm sure. Um, I say I say I'm sure because I don't know what it's like not to to, mm. to not know how to play an instrument. Um, so I can't really I can't really say you know oh yeah yeah I, I'm I'm way better than <laughs> <laughs> if I wasn't you know if I didn't know how to play. But uh, I just don't think that it's it's absolutely necessary. Mm. Um, because there's plenty of guys out there, like like Sean, my you know Sean Tyus. Um, mm-hmm. He has no formal music training. I think uh, Boom, not to interrupt, Boom Jinx as well. I learned. You know oh, Boom he, Jinx? Really? Yeah, he he made oh, this man, jazz no, piece, and I, I was blown away. Yeah, yeah, that guy can really shred uh, as a producer. Man, wow, that's, <laughs> that's 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 very surprising to me because I think he he works with Hans Zimmer. Yeah, um, yeah. Who, you know, who obviously is like a, you know, uh, like a the maestro Absolutely, <laughs> of uh, Hollywood, yeah. you know, and, uh, that's, that's really surprising to hear. Um, but yeah, no, uh, some of these guys that are just incredibly talented musically have no idea, um, about music theory or if they, if they do, it's, it's, uh, it's like a, like a DIY, mm-hmm. um, you know, schooling. Um, so yeah, so I, you know, I, I like I, I can kind of tell what you're saying when you hear like people who have a formal training and who have or who can play an instrument, like their music does sound a little bit more melodic because a lot of the people that don't have that sort of stuff going on, it, you know, they they make more of like the 
screechy, like like one note, big room <laughs> stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is which is cool too. Um, but uh, you know, I guess I guess for guys that that are more like melodically minded, um, that stuff just doesn't resonate as much. Mm, mm. So so for me, like I sure I can go in there and I can make a big room track and you know have a big huge uh, kick and 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 like two notes playing and that's pretty much it. Um, but it just doesn't, it's just doesn't, it's not the kind of music that I would want to write, you mm, know? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I had a listener ask a question. They want to know how you process your leads. How I process my leads. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, that, it, <laughs> I don't know how I can, if I can answer that. Um, that's wow. Uh, I guess, um, so, so I'm usually either using uh, Silent or Massive or Nexus, hmm. uh, and, and honestly, more often than not, it's it's a combination of the three. Okay. Um, yeah. And so uh, it's in it's in Ableton. Uh, so I've got the glue compressor. Um, so is and, that on you know on the group? On the yes. Group of yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So so okay. So I'll group everything together uh, onto a bus, and and then I'll stick the uh, glue on there. Um, and that really, that it's very, uh, it's very dependent on what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe I guess like, uh, I wish that listener had like a, um, like a particular song or something that he wanted me to look at. Cause then I could talk to him a little bit about it. But, um, what actually, about, what about I, eyes to the sky? Eyes to the sky. Okay, yeah. so let me just because I'm curious I, myself. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Let me let me pull up the project file here. I'm on my studio right now, so yep. let's see. I might even be missing some of the uh, plugins because it's funny because um, Eyes to the Sky is actually a really, 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 really old track mm-hmm. um, that I wrote. Um. It, I think I was done with it like a year before it actually came out. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, and the reason for that is because we were actually looking for uh, the right vocalist. Mm. Um, so Anna Yvette uh, is the vocalist on there that, that we uh, went with. Uh, and she's amazing. She's super, super talented. Good God, that girl can sing. Mm. Um, and she does a lot with Monster Cat, which is an amazing label. Um, but she did this song with a friend of mine, uh, Ken Loy. Um, I think the song is called, uh, all you need is love, um, which I think is also a Beatles song, but, um, it, it's just, it's such a good song. Like she, she, like she does these like chants, mm. um, like these like O's and these like ahs and, and stuff. And it, it just sounds so good. And, and there's very few people that will do that. Um, a lot of the people that, you know, do vocals, it's just, it's just lyrics, Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the like the really like really standout vocalists, uh, like currently will do a lot of melodic stuff with just like like just like singing vowel sounds. Yeah, I love and that. That that really really captures my attention because it sounds a lot like um, just I don't know. It's, it's something that like the crowd can get behind and start singing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know. Um, I think it's, and I think that obviously that's, that's very important in a live setting. 
Um, or even when you're driving, you just <laughs> you can like do that in your car. <laughs> Uh, talk about being a dork, man. Uh, <laughs> so, but I mean, in fact, you know, um, that track that I just came out with, I'm sorry, it's, it's still loading. The, That's cool, uh, man. That's cool. Oh, man. Here we go. Okay. Missing three BSTs. Okay. I was using Ozone 5 at the, at the time. Yeah. Um, now I'm on Ozone 7 to master. But okay. Well, that doesn't really matter. Um, all right. So let's see here. Since. Uh, man, yeah, there's only like uh, three, 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 four. Here we go, four lead synths. Um, okay, so so on this one, um, there's like a main pad silent, uh, and then a kind of lower bassy pad, which is also silent, um, and then a stab, which is silent, <laughs> and then uh, and then there's a, like a lead sound that's kind of like that. Um, Typical Melbourne bounce uh, sound. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure if you're going to be able to hear it if I play it for you, but let me try. So. So it's very, very typical. Like, uh, you know, who are those guys from Italy that like really capitalized on Melbourne bounce? They're on spinning now. I can't remember. Um, shoot. Oh man, I, I well anyway, so I think rehab also uses this a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um so so this particular sound is pretty popular, but it, it's it's like hidden underneath all like the layers. And so you don't really hear it as like, you know, it doesn't sound like a like a Melbourne bounce kind of thing. It just mm -hmm. kind of adds a little bit a little bit to the sound. So um so all those synths, like there's just a, a sidechain compressor and a little bit of EQ. Um and then on the group, there's an EQ that I'm cutting a little bit, uh, kind of like the mid highs, kind of around um, 3,500 uh, kilohertz. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's just kind of like to cut out a little bit of the screaminess. Um, there's, so there's an EQ, and then there's a Waves uh, J37 um, tape uh, emulator. Uh, and that is, that's one of my favorite things, honestly. Um, it is, it's, it's very cool. It adds just this little like subtle warmth that mm -hmm. is almost imperceptible. But if you like a, B it, like if you turn it off and turn it on while you're listening, you can hear a difference that is just, it's some sort of like black magic, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really cool. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I can't explain it, but it just sounds a lot better with it on there. Um, so I'll put that, uh, I'll put that on a lot of my, uh, synth groups. Um, I guess it's kind of saturating things. Um, so it's sort of like a, sort of acts like a saturator. Um, so you, you, you can definitely overdo it. Um, but yeah, you know, if you have like subtle, subtle settings, it's going to just, it's going to sound really cool. Um, and, that, and that's really important. I think it's uh, an important point right there is to, is never to kind of, really overdo things with effects unless that's what you're going for. Mm -hmm. But if you're trying to go for like a smooth sound, um, my really kind of go-to idea is, is just, you know, add very subtle, uh, effects to things and you'll still have the punch of the, of the, uh, synth. That's really important, but it'll have that sort of like kind of 
just a little bit of extra crispiness at the top or, or, you know, fatness at the bottom, those kinds of things. It's just really important to, uh, to do things very, very subtly in a very, um, light manner. For sure. And if, if you start with good sounds from the get go, you shouldn't need to do that much processing. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So, um, you know, you definitely want to get your, if you're designing sounds or if you're picking patches or whatnot, um, you know, you want to, you want to have as, as high quality a sound as possible. So, um, you know, if you're, if you're using samples, particularly, um, you know, people will just find a snare sample and like, okay, it's a snare. I'm going to put it in. Mm. You, know, you, you got to have like the right snare. I mean, you, it's got to have the right amount of punch in the, in the bottom. Like it's even got like a lot of people don't do this. Um, not a lot of people might though. It's kind of been making the rounds on the forums and stuff, but, um, you know, you want to tune your drums to the key of the, of the song. Okay. So, so like, uh, say you got a, a snare and it, it has like this dunk sound like that, mm-hmm. um, that, that dunk sound, you, you want it to be, you want the rest of the song to also be that mm, kind of mm-hmm. sound, you know, cause if you've got that, like, you know, the dunk sound and then, uh, and then it sounds it's like totally off key. Uh, it's going to really stand out. It won't sound good in the mix, you know, and, and you're going to be wondering, you're being like, what the hell is going on? Like, why? Why does everything sound good? Uh, but but like whenever the snare comes in, it's weird. It's because mm. that's the reason. Um, and same thing with the kick, even. Uh, Interesting. People, yeah, with the kick and hi-hats, not not really because it's it's almost like a white noise. So there's no real tuning. That yeah, to yeah, yeah. But yeah, snare for sure. Um, what if it's a... Because um, I saw Zed post something about this and it kind of made sense. He said, if you're using a short kick, mm-hmm. it really doesn't matter what key it's in. You know, because the way a kick works is it goes from a high pitch to a low pitch. Yeah. And you yeah, can't really I, discern. I guess, yeah, I guess, I guess that's, that's that, I mean, that's definitely sound advice. Um, you know, if you've just got the punch of the kick and there's no tail, um, yeah, it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, in fact, in fact, there are, there are specific frequencies that will work better uh, for punchy kicks just simply because um, those frequencies have more, like it, it hits you in the chest harder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think uh, it's like E to G. Yeah. Um, so, so like E, F, uh, e, e, F, F sharp, G, and G sharp. Hmm. Um, those, if you get a, like a, a quick kick that, that's in those keys, um, it will sound better than a kick that's in like B or C. Mm-hmm. Uh, so something to keep in mind there. Um but yeah, I think I think that's that, that's that's a that's a very good uh, piece of advice. Is you know, it doesn't really matter too much if you're just using a really really short kick. But definitely, if you're using a long kick, absolutely, I yeah, would not want to hear a big room track with a kick that's out of key. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, well, I mean, even even if it's not a big room track, I mean, if it's a melodic tracks too. Yeah, um, I, yeah. I keep going back to this one, but the one that I'm using, in fact, like all my all my tracks really. Um, and it doesn't have to be like the exact key of the song. You can use a fifth, uh, can't you? Yeah, you can use a fifth or, or you, even just like, you know, whatever, whatever your bass notes are. Mm. Um, if you've got like a four chord progression, any of those four notes will work. Mm. Now, now if it's, ex- if it's in the actual key of the track, then it'll probably work best. Yeah. But if you're kind of like having a hard time finding a kick that, you know, works well and you're like, oh man, this one sounds awesome, but it's not exactly the key. If it follows one of those notes in your baseline, uh, or if your chord progression, then that I think it'll usually slot in there pretty good. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. That's interesting, uh, tuning a snare though. Maybe I don't use big snares, but I've, I've never really thought about that. Yeah, you know, um, my track Follow, uh, I, I actually tuned this, like it, I, not only did I tune the snare like from the beginning, but uh, at the end of the second drop, there's like this trap part. So okay, so I'll just describe it. So at the end of the um, at the end of the second drop, well, at the end of the first drop too, but it does it more in the second one. Um, there is a uh, snare that's in there that actually changes pitch mm-hmm. to go along with the chord changes. Hmm. Um, and I think it it like nobody would think, oh man, awesome that that snare's <laughs> changing with with the key. Nobody's gonna think that, but I just think it it adds a little more magic to it. Yeah, um, yeah. It it goes along with the song better. Um, if I kept it in the same key, uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe it would have sounded just fine. But I think it just it sounds cooler um, like that. So it's yeah, a little more. That's a cool up. little uh, Easter egg. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> cool. Uh, I've got two more questions before we before we wrap it up. Sure. The first is. Do you have any books or resources that have helped you become a better producer? They don't have to be music books necessarily, but just anything. Sure. Um, so Ozone actually, uh, okay, I recommend using Ozone products. Uh, mm-hmm. Ozone, or, I'm sorry, Isotope. Yeah, Isotope yeah. products, uh, Ozone 7 in particular, it's an amazing uh, suite uh, for mastering and even just, you know, their, their effects, but the manual to that is Mm -hmm. incredible. And, and, you know, you don't really think of it, you know, like it's going to tell you how to use their stuff and that's it. No, like their manual, like has a lot of information about like compression and like why you want to be compressing things, which I think is extremely important. A lot of people are like, I need to compress this because it'll sound cooler. Oh dude, that's my pet peeve. <laughs> and uh and you know like what like why would why would it sound cooler you know yeah, what, like yeah. do you know what the compressor is doing there to make it sound cooler no i mean um uh, so you, i think it's really important to like for for all like for using any tool that you're going to any any effect or plugin that you're going to stick on your uh channel or your bus you need to know not only how to use it but but why you're using it because if, you, if there isn't a real reason as to why you're dragging that from your, you know, folder into onto your, you know, your Ableton channel, um, then you're then you're making then you're most likely making a mistake. Yeah, uh, yeah. and throwing that in there. And so, so their manual, um, and I, I I read the the manual to six and five. I haven't read the seven one yet because <laughs> everything is pretty, pretty much the same in seven. Mm-hmm. And there's a few little differences, but it's just, yeah, they're, they're subtle. Um, but, uh, but their, their, their manual to five and six, they just had so much information about EQ and compression. Um, and, and they tell it in, they, they, they sort of write it in a way that is transposable to any other, uh, compressor or EQ or maximizer or anything like that. It's like, you know, like they tell you how to use theirs, obviously. Um, but a lot of the controls that they use are very universal. Mm. Um, so, so you can use the lessons that they teach you uh, and apply them to any other EQ. 
um, or any other compressor or any other any anything else that, that they own, they are you know just kind of like a, putting their stamp on. Um, I think so, so. The manual of that it's 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 just yeah. If you haven't read it, man, like go grab it because it's really cool. And they it's they also have a uh, I think it's a mixing guide and a mastering guide, like a free PDF. They do, yeah, yeah. So oh, so I have read through those. Yeah, those are those are awesome too. Mm. Um, and they've got a short little. It's not really too short, but um, it, it's it's a good read. It's uh, kind of, it's not really helpful as far as like production goes, but it's just an interesting read. Um, it's like why you want to be using the dither, uh, option Uh, on, on mastering. And, and it's a lot of physics that I don't, I I, like, it's, it's very in depth and they tell you that, uh, from the get go. And so I didn't fully, fully understand everything that they were talking about, honestly. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, just because there's a lot of, uh, engineering, you know, uh, I guess, uh, lingo that they were using. Um, but more or less, I mean, it, it was really, it's just an interesting read. I mean, even if you don't fully understand everything about it, it's, it's cool to know that like there's a purpose for this and, and, uh, you know, a few of the details like, you know, are just, they're, they're just cool things to know. So, um, not necessarily the first thing that you want to be reading, but you know, if you're interested in just kind of background stuff and, mm-hmm. you know, I think it would be a cool read. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Okay, one more question. Let's say sure. you're abducted by aliens, <laughs> but uh, they let you leave a piece of paper with three pieces of advice to <laughs> upcoming producers. What's on okay. that paper? Oh, man. Uh, well, um, I hope they gave me a little while to write them. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, now, so I guess the, the first thing I think it's really important is um, – you you want to have a day job, honestly, mm. uh, and I hate saying that because I I want I don't want people to think that oh man you know Noah's telling me not to follow my dreams. That's <laughs> the exact opposite of what I'm saying here. Definitely follow your dreams, mm. but you have to be realistic. Um, unless you really know what you're doing, and you met the you you met the right people, and those people like you, and they're willing to do you a lot of favors. Mm. You aren't going to be making a ton of money in music. You might, you might be, you might be able to make a, li- a good living. Um, you know, I, I know plenty of people. You, you, you might be one of them. Um, but there's, there's plenty of people out there that do just fine. You know, they don't have any other sort of any other sort of job. Um, mm. But there are way, way more people that are not doing well, mm. and, and they, you know, they are trying really hard. You know you know, God bless them. Uh, they're, they're like very good, but they're barely making ends meet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I think, you know, there's a lot of kids in high school or college that, uh, you know, they, they're like, they're only going there, like, like in their mind at this moment, they're going to college or high school. It's as a, as a formality yeah, because yeah. they're going to be the next big DJ. Um, and it's funny, I read all these articles, uh, about, you know, music and the current, current state of the industry. And, and they're like, yeah, kids don't want to be Aerosmith anymore. You know, kids want to mm. be Armin mm. Or, mm. or Hardwell. They want to be a DJ. They don't want to learn how to play guitar and rock, you know, with, with four of their friends. They want to be up there by themselves playing, you know, you know, playing tracks you know, that other people wrote or that they wrote and, you know, have a big light show and, and throwing their hands in the air and that kind of thing. 
that's the new, you know, rock star. Mm. Um, and so I, I think it's really important for kids to have these big dreams, but at the same time, um, you have to realize that there's just, there's so few people that really make it big. I mean, like, you know, they want to be the next Armin. Mm. If you think about that, <laughs> Armin has been do Armin has been the only Armin. Exactly. For, for what, like 15, 20 years? Yeah. Something yeah. Like that. When are you going to, you know, I mean, I, I, no, I don't want to sound like a jerk when I say this, but it's just, it's, it's, it's hard to see someone like become the next that, you know, mm. like the, the only, uh, the only guy that I can think of right now that's at that point is Hardwell. Mm-hmm. It's one guy, you know? Um, so I say, uh, you want to have a day job. You, you, it's, it's, it's not because you can't make it because you certainly can't. Like, yeah, I think I'm like, I, again, I, I, I hate kind of like sounding like I'm bragging here, but you know, I, I think I'm kind of living proof that, you know, you, you can, you can have both, you know, you can live your dream and you, you can still, you know, have a day job where you're contributing to society and mm. uh, you're, you're, you're being a good human being uh, by, by pr- providing, you know, a service to your community. Um, yeah, which I think, yeah, yeah. I think is really, really important because you can contribute to society and, and be part of the zeitgeist and, you know, um, contribute music musically or artistically or whatever. And, and that's great. Mm. But, but if you're, if you're only playing like, you know, these really small shows, uh, or, or no shows and just, you know, just writing music, um, and, uh, and, and, you know, you're, you're not really getting signed to the biggest label out there, then you, you know, like it's just kind of something to think about, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think that's that's definitely one thing uh, people need to keep in mind is um, don't don't uh, expect uh, to make it huge and and not you know study and not do good in school. I have to I have to just uh, tack on to that because sure. I actually agree with that wholeheartedly. And the other thing is uh, I might catch a bit of flack for saying this, but if you look at the like the current shelf life of mm-hmm a stand uh, someone let's say someone who makes it big like i've seen so many artists kind of fall off the radar if you will they're still making music they're still playing the odd gig but it doesn't last like it doesn't last for everyone forever right and you know and it's it uh, like i mean you know again guys like armin guys like hardwell tiesto um pretty much everybody on spinning like those guys are gonna be okay yeah, once the, yeah. like, like, I mean, cause once like, you know, there was hip hop, you know, there was like the boy bands thing in the nineties, there was rock and roll, um, there was disco, all that stuff. Like there's always a new thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, I don't know, I think maybe, maybe like the, the turnover rate is slowing down. Um, because like people have just come out with like every idea that can come out with, <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, but, but, uh, you know, it, there's going to be a time in the future where EDM is second best right? And yeah. something else out there that people are more interested in. Like it could be, you know, the next big thing could be God, like polka music or something. <laughs> <laughs> I hope <laughs> not. <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah. I'm just something, just something totally different, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and, and so, yeah, so if your big plan in life is to be, uh, the next big DJ, um, and you're 16, 
you know, maybe like have like, like take some finance courses or something, (laughs) um, or something like that. Because, you know, like I said, like for me, like, you know, I, I, I'm signed to enhanced music. I've signed to Armada music. Mm. I'm, I'm playing, you know, some, some, you know, pretty good shows. Um, uh, you know, and, and and my whole life I've studied to be a doctor. Mm. Like I, you know, from the, just the, like my parents, like, cause again, my, my, my dad's a physician too. Mm. Um, and so he, like my mom and my dad are foreigners and are like first, like I'm the first generation American here. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they're they're So they both come from countries that, you know, like if you that had this belief that if you're not a doctor, a lawyer, or an engineer, you are nobody. Respect <laughs> yeah. you, you're never going to make money, and you might as well kill yourself. <laughs> not, not, it's not that bad, but yeah, but, I know what you mean. So, I, you know, I kind of, I kind of got that sort of vibe. So I, I've always been headed in that direction. But I'm still, you know, my, my, like I show my dad, my, like my, I showed my dad my newest song yesterday, and he's like, "Oh, this is so great! This is so awesome! Can I, I want to show all my friends? I'm so proud of you." Hmm. And it's it that's such that feels so good. Yeah, but yeah. You know, like he's like, and there was a time where I did think I was like, you know what? I, I don't want to be a doctor, Dad. I want to write music. And we did not talk for probably about seven or eight months. Wow. Um, yeah, and it was it actually it was a very difficult time. Yeah, moment. yeah. Um, but uh, but you know, I just I I can tell that he is more proud of me for being a doctor than he is uh, proud of me for being a musician, but he's very proud of uh, a musician, but, but he's very proud of me for being a musician because, mm-hmm. um, because he himself is a musician. And so he right. understands, but he, I guess it's just not as big a deal to him as it is to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just, I, you know, so I, I kind of want to, I want to say two things here um, and then we'll get to the other two. <laughs> yeah. 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 No so worries. One. <laughs> uh, it took a while for me to get out, but um, and one is, uh, so, so definitely, um, kind of, you, you want to be able to, uh, contribute to society in, in a proper manner and, and, and sort of, so, so educate yourself, stay in school, you know, do well, study hard. Um, but nobody is telling you, and I certainly am not telling you that you can't chase your dreams, mm-hmm. uh, because you most certainly can. There is time for all of that, especially if you're young and if you're not married. Um, so don't go having unprotected sex and having kids because that's yeah, going to eat up yeah. time. <laughs> uh, Dr. Noah says no. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I, think it's, I think it's definitely important to have a, a creative outlet. Um, and maybe that's number two right there um, is if you are going to, uh, you know, study and, 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 and become, you know, I don't know, whatever, a, a physicist, mm. um, you, you should have a creative outlet. Mm. Um, you know, it, it should be, a, it, it's an important thing, I think, because like as, as much as, you know, studying gets your uh, analytical side of your mind working in music and creation, it doesn't even music, but just art in general, whether it's writing a book or, you know, making a movie or uh, writing poetry or whatever, um, that creative side of your mind is, is just as important, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but I guess, I guess that's not really a number two. <laughs> um, well, I, I get it. I mean, I, I think there's a misunderstanding. People think you can only do one or the other. If I have a yeah. job, I won't be able to make music successfully. Right. But and, I mean, you're living proof and, and so many other people do the same thing. 
Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, you know what? You were talking to um, James from Karanda. Mm-hmm. Uh, I listened to that podcast and, and, uh, and man, I, yeah, he, he and I go back a long way. Yeah. Um, yeah. I did a remix for him for Marcus Schultz's label uh, back in like 2010, I think, something oh, like wow. that. Yeah. And it's funny because we, like, like Marcus heard a, another remix that I did for another label and he played it on his, on his show and he was like, yeah. I, like he contacted me and he was like, I, I want you on my label. Um, and I was, and, and this was when I was like really just starting out, starting, starting to like, like not starting out, but starting to take music seriously. And I, I was like blown away. This, that was like the biggest deal in my life. Yeah. yeah. Going on. And I remember it happening because I was in, I was in school and I was on my laptop and I was talking to him like, like via chat through his forum. I was like, like my mind was like exploding <laughs> while my professor was teaching us. And I was like, holy, you know? Um, but so, yeah, so me and James go back a long way. And, and so I did a remix for him and uh, it was really cool. It was this song called On Hold um, featuring uh, David Call, who's another friend of mine who I actually met before James. Just uh, funny enough, so a small world there. Yeah. But um, yeah, uh, no, I, I you know, I almost, I, I think I lost my train of thought here. That's cool. That's uh, cool. It, sorry, it's so tangential. <laughs> we were just uh, talking about, um, you know, having music as well as a job and then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So, James also, uh, he, he's he got a full-time job and mm, he mm. writes tremendous music. Oh, yeah. You know, like I, he just got signed to uh, Raphael Frost's label. Mm. Um, so, he's doing real well for himself. He's got a full-time job. I mean, don't let anybody tell you that you can't, you can't do both. And I think it's important to do both. So, um, mm-hmm. I mean, the worst thing is trying to make music under stress. And if you're under yes. financial stress, you're not going to be that creative. Yes, absolutely. Oh man. And, and okay. So that can be number two, mm-hmm. uh, you, because you, you need, you need a, um, sort of financial foundation to create music because you need to have good quality, uh, hardware. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not talking about, uh, okay. And we'll get into number three in a second here. Cause I've got yeah, one, yeah. um, <laughs> but you, 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 I'm not talking about like, you know, hardware sense or whatever. Um, but like, you know, you need a, you need a relatively good computer. Um, you need definitely spend a good amount of your budget on monitors. Um, and, and I will say that the monitors that I have, I recommend to everybody. They are the, uh, JBL, uh, 43, uh, 28s. I think that's them. Um, they have this thing where, uh, if you, there's this uh, room mode correction software that's built into the speaker. If you press it and you leave the room, um, you, you you set up this like mic, uh, the speaker system that, that you like put it where your head would be like sitting at your desk. And you hit it and then leave the room and it makes this like weird, like, like almost like chirping sort of like modern talking sound. <laughs> and uh, it's basically testing every frequency in the hearing, in, in the uh, audible spectrum. <clears throat> and then it, it tunes itself to the room. The system tunes itself to the room. And I think that that is just so incredible because then you don't have to worry too much about, you know, oh, is my room shaped weird or is it, you know, do I have enough um, you know, acoustic treatment, that kind of stuff, it, it's all taken care of for you. Mm, mm. Um, so, so these, and they come in, the speakers come in a two pack. 
Um, and I think that they're like like fifteen hundred bucks or something like that, um, which I know is is pretty steep, um, especially if somebody's just starting out. But I mean, if you've got the funds, um, these speakers are a killer. So JBL forty three twenty eight. Yes. Cool. And then there's a there's a sub that's not necessary, but I got it. Um, there's a sub, and they they recommend using two subs, but I think it my room's pretty small. And, and two subs. That's sub. interesting. Yeah. Um, you just kind of because unless you can. Put the sub like right in front of yourself. Um, it can sound a little weird because the bass sure. is coming from from one side. But um, even if you've got it at a low volume, the sub basically just fills up the entire room. So if you kind of just like try and like forget about the fact that the bass is coming from one side, after a while you kind of get used to it and it just sort of sounds fine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, but but they say uh, using two subs, like stereo subs, um, it just works better that way. You can have, you know, a sub on e- either end of your desk, mm. and uh, it sounds more natural. Um, but that is the that's the JBL forty three twelve SP. Okay. Cool. So it's a very good system there. Hmm. Um, so so I think yeah, like having having that financial uh, ability to to make those purchases. I mean, it's not going to be coming from music if you're <laughs> if you're just starting out. Exactly. Uh, I mean, unless unless you're teaching music, but you know, which, mm. which is great, and and that's a job in and of itself. So you know, absolutely. Uh, could, yeah. So kudos to those people who who do that because I think that's that's really important. You know, teaching the next generation of musicians. Mm-hmm. Um, but number three is do not do not follow. Uh, you know, this this. Uh, People say that you, like the like hardware is just the best. Like like using a hardware stand, you're gonna get the baddest sound. It's gonna sound so cool. No, mm. <laughs> you don't need that crap. I don't have a single piece of hardware, mm. not a single one. And and I make some some pretty good music. And I know like plenty of guys like my, you know Tritonal, um, mm. Dave Reed. Uh, you know he and I are really good friends. And um, I'll go over to the studio every now and then zero synthesizers or no they've got one but they they never use it yeah, and yeah, yeah they've got i think it's a virus or something like that um and I, yeah i've never seen the guys use it um they've got all software synths, and that's all you need man like mm. these these uh, hardware synthesizer guys like they just like they've got a lot of money because of you know that was the only way that you could buy you yeah, know yeah. stuff or you sorry that was the only way that you could do stuff was having a hardware synth maybe like 20 years ago or, or even 10 years ago um, and so you had to, and they could charge whatever they wanted. So they're, you know, they're, they're trying, they're still charging like three, four, five thousand dollars. Insane, then. I'm like, what, what, why, you know, I can yeah. buy, you know, like com- complete 10 for whatever, like, you know, 500 bucks right exactly. now. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So like anything I could possibly ever need, like, I don't need to buy anything else. Mm. You know, I, I do because there's, there's, there's other stuff that's cool out there that they don't come with, but you know. <laughs> You don't have to buy anything else. Five hundred bucks, that's it. Mm-hmm. You're done. You're set. Um, so I think uh, you know the, the, these guys really market themselves well, um, and, and kind of like have positioned themselves as well because a lot of the older guys that came from the era where that was the only thing that that they had available, um, you know, they bought those and 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 you know people look to them for sound advice, and they're giving the advice they're like, yeah, hardware is awesome. It's the best. Uh. You know. If you, I, it's the same as these, uh, <laughs> and I had some experience when I, you know, I, I DJed a, a fair bit in the past, but yeah. the vinyl only DJs, 
oh, know, man. the anti-city giant. It's just like, come on, man. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> I know. Uh, well, I, so I learned how to DJ on vinyl, and that that's yeah. It's cool. Likewise, I mean, likewise. Vinyl is like vinyl is like magic. I mean, like, you don't even need electricity. Yeah, you, know, you, yeah. you run the the you know uh, record through, and you you listen closely, and you can hear the whole song. Mm. That's amazing. But man, okay. Here is a, an analogy. Um, do you would you want to have surgery on your eyes with a with a physician that is using a knife, or do you want to have a, a surgery on your eyes with a physician that's using a laser? What you know, what sounds better? The laser, obviously. <laughs> Why you don't know? Um, because you know it, it just it just sounds better. You don't want some guy cutting. It's more modern, like it's obviously more. Yeah, you know, it's, refined it's, and so on. Exactly, exactly. So, um, you know, it makes a finer incision. You heal mm-hmm. up faster. Um, to tell you the truth, uh, it, it, it does, like, so, okay, so, um, I don't know if I'm getting too, uh, too far away from music oh, here, but uh, if, you, if you have, whether you have uh, bladed surgery or uh, laser surgery in terms of certain surgeries, like uh, cataract surgery, mm-hmm. um, the, the visual outcome is exactly the same. Right. Yeah. There's there's no difference. It's just the heal time takes a little bit longer with the blade. Hmm. Um, so it's not really that that different. But you know, you, you just you want to have them the the most advanced technology uh, available to you. I mean, you you only have two eyes. Um, well, it's it's the same thing with DJing. I mean, like you know, do you want to like? Well, first of all, nobody's even going to care. Like, do you, do you, I mean, like if you go to a club and you're, and you see a guy behind the decks, are you going to be like, oh, fuck that guy. He's playing on CDs. <laughs> what a loser. Nobody says that. <laughs> you know, so it's really only important to, to the, to the vinyl guys who are the purists yeah, and yeah. like they, they're like, yeah, I mean. They only play techno. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like, guys like that, I think like a lot of them have like come around like. I don't know if Carl Cox was ever like this. I know he was a huge vinyl guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but now you know we're at a digital age, and like, he embraced it. You know, he's laptop DJ now. You know, yeah, yeah exactly. Carl Cox. So you know, like that's like saying you know, I, I, I don't know. It's just you know, who who are these guys to question? You know, what what's what's better mm. when when a guy like Carl Cox is embracing the new technology? Mm. You know. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think it's, it's, that's just silliness. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely, man. That's good. That's, it's a very good piece of advice. Don't waste money on stuff like that. Yeah. Cause it's gonna, I mean, you could, you just, if you've got the kind of money to buy, uh, you know, uh, a a Moog, whatever, Mm. uh, three, $3,400 synthesizer, spend it on your speakers, man. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Don't get that synthesizer. Spend it on your speakers. Your ears are going to thank you. Thank you. Your music's going to thank you, and your fans are going to thank you. Mm-hmm. You, 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 won't, you might not be able to get that that really analog sounding, fat, super cool sound. You know that that you could get from from the Moog, but you know nobody is going to know. No, nobody's going to tell the difference. Yeah, I, yeah, can't, yeah. I can't tell you. I can't go back and say, you know, you show me one song that was with uh, a like a hardware synthesizer, and one that was without. I guarantee you, I will not be able to tell. Yeah, neither. <laughs> so you know, because everything comes out in MP3 format anyway, so you lose exactly. a little bit of quality anyway. So it's all going to get rendered down into uh, you know 320 ki- kilobit bytes per second or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so it's not going to matter. Yeah, so absolutely. Save your money, kids. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, no, this has been a, a fantastic interview. Uh, yeah, thanks thanks for coming on. And and finally, where can people find you online? Do you have a Twitter handle or Facebook? Yeah, so um, I'm on I'm on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud with just at Noah Neiman. Um, and then uh, this guy, man, Noah Neiman. Um, <laughs> there's this there's this dude that's a trainer and has his own TV <laughs> show out in the U.S. and his name's Noah Neiman. <laughs> uh, and he actually asked me if he could have my Twitter handle, and I was like, No, man. <laughs> um, but I mean, he's a cool guy, you know. Yeah. Like, but um so he's got facebook.com slash noah neiman oh, okay so, oh i gotta go facebook.com slash noah neiman music that's where you can find me awesome um, yeah cool so all right yeah.